0: A Radio One ninety-one FM podcast. We are now joined by Trent Smith from the University of Otago's Department of Economics for our weekly instalment of Business as Usual. In today's edition, we're going to be exploring urban economics. Kia ora, Trent, how's it going?
1: Joy, Miria, I'm well, thanks.
0: So, urban economics refers to the study of cities and the structures around urban affairs like housing, public transport, education, local government how are economic concepts applied to these subjects and why is it important to do that
1: yeah yeah the the urban economics is actually incredibly complicated sort of sort of there's this massive web of interactions that happen in any big city where there are a bunch of people are around um, and I, and they can be either positive or negative right the fact that all these people are around you there's positive things and negative things and so um, I mean, start with the positive. Like, the reason we have cities, the reason cities formed historically is because, you know, people came together to trade, I suppose. And and, um, and that's very much what happens today in cities, right? If you think about why you want to live in a city, uh, mm-hmm. and not everyone does, but, but um, you know, it's easier to get a job in the city. It's either easier to find a place to, you know, study like you and Zach here in the city. Uh, it's... Um, and so... So, so right, so people sort of uh, tend to gather for those sorts of reasons, and maybe to think about like where a business wants to locate. It's the same story, right? They like they need customers, and the customers are all in the city, right? Once the city's established, like that's the more and more people get drawn to it, and so that's why cities grow over time. But then there are of course negative things arise when you. When a city forms, <laughs> right? Suddenly there's, uh, for example, human waste to deal with and uh, and other kinds of, um, you know, uh, potentially negative effects. Queues start to form, right? The queues get longer and longer. That's a negative effect of having more people in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, yeah, so, you know, feel free to jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how would you say urban economics uh, adjusts with the size or level of development in a city? Um, well... I guess honestly, the 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 bigger the city gets, the more these sort of negative problems need to be managed, right? The more you actually need sort of a, a some kind of mechanism for minimizing the negative effects, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, we have to collect. You have to collectively come together and say, okay, we're gonna, you know, install a wastewater treatment system, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it the so the. But there's also just more generally, um, there's sort of the spatial conge- congestion problem is, is pretty general. So the, um, if you just think about um, with transportation, right? So if you're hopping in your car and, uh, you know, and, and you're going to get on a busy road, right? And if it's congested enough, the fact that you pulled your car onto the road is going to slow down everyone behind you. Mm-hmm. right so everyone behind you they want to get where they're going they're going to get their one car length slower because of the fact that you got onto the road mm. um but of course that's so that's a cost you're imposing on other people um because of what economists would call uh, a congestion externality <laughs> but, right. but they um but but you don't have to pay that cost of course right so and if 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 the and the bigger the city and the bigger the road the bigger the problem is right if it's you know if it's you're costing people a few seconds e- each person in the queue behind you on the road you're costing them a few seconds of time or even even fractions of a second mm-hmm. um you know per person um if it's 10,000 people behind you it, right that adds up right it's it becomes like Make if you want, if you wanted to put dollar values on it, yeah it's like real dollars and and so there are cities that um you know have congestion pricing for road tolls and things like this with this so this isn't something we worry about in Dunedin but there are also um it's also generally true that, that like, uh, land use decisions suffer from this problem, right? So the fact that um, – so if I owned land in the middle of the city and just decided for whatever reason to leave it empty or if I own a building in the middle of the city to leave it empty, that's, like, space that can't be used for restaurants that, you know, mm. that um, add, to the, add to the city or, or living spaces that, um, that would um, allow people to move closer to the city, that sort of thing. So is just like my car on the road is, is imposing costs on people behind me, like mm-hmm. the things I do with land I own in the city or buildings I own in the city could potentially be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Making the queue longer for people in some sense.
0: So what are some of the structures and developments that make cities more economically livable in that regard? I
1: mean, yeah, well, like I said, the, these, neg- these negative problems that can arise from, uh, from cities – um they need to be managed somehow and this is like this is why the field of urban planning arose right was mm-hmm. that uh people realized oh you know it would make sense like if you want this to to um the city to v- develop and grow in a way that um that minimizes these these uh, these negative pro- negative externalities that arise you it needs to be planned right we should make a plan for which areas are going to grow denser and and um you know and and if you don't uh if you don't do that you just sort of let um you know let people build their big house on a big section and uh, off into in- infinity, you get urban sprawl and, and massive congestion and air pollution and, uh, you know, this is Los Angeles, mm. right? And and you don't want that. And honestly, Auckland obviously has a bit of that problem, right? Um, but, um, but you know, New Zealand, several years ago, New Zealand, um, I don't know, uh, what do they do? They... Um, they updated. We updated the Resource Management Act, and and so it sort of requires local councils to deal with this problem, right? And so here in Dunedin, uh, we've done it twice now, I guess. So we so we just um, just this month, in fact, the the second generation plan came into effect, um, and that what that's among the other things that the government tasked local councils with was um, finding ways to accommodate greater density near the city center, right? So I live here in Dunedin in an inner ring suburb, which which, which this is happening to, right? So, uh, you know, as of this month, um, the, like, legally allowed density on my section is doubled or more, right? It, so it could actually uh, – so the density in my neighborhood in the long term, once, once more building happens – Like intensify. Um, yeah, oh. it could intensify, oh. right. Yeah. Right, which, which is which is what you want to do from an urban planning perspective. Yeah. Okay. As long as you do it in a way that doesn't, um, you know, put too much stress on infrastructure and things like this. Now it's interesting that you bring up Dunedin because Aussieportia is quite a, a fascinating case study as you know we have a proportionately large student population and a quite you know centralized university campus which a lot of the city is kind of uh, built around almost uh, how, how does the university kind of influence the city's economic structure from an urban economics kind of point of view um, um, yeah so yeah so the university obviously is a it's a large employer but it also has all these Resident customers, right? All these, all these, uh, uh, these students that uh, would like to live right nearby. That has a massive effect on real estate prices and and rents. That how rents vary in space and so forth. The closer you are to this big, uh, right? This this um, uh, this big institution uh, of the University of Otago, the the higher the rents you pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and so economists have studied this, and, and and like in general, the price of land in cities. And like, and so you can sort of estimate this statistically, right? Like, what what causes land prices or house prices to go up or down? Um, and you can and you can sort of statistically, you can in principle you can sort out all the different reasons you might expect for a house to cost more, right? Not just location, but its size and its uh, you know various amenities it might have. Um, and they've they've sort of worked out that like the biggest determinant of of house prices, like how they vary in space is low, is distance from the city center, right? And it's all about people don't want to wait in the queue. They want to be able to have access to all these urban amenities in mm-hmm. in, in the center and the culture and everything else that comes yeah. along with that.
0: So, um, given that, how could auto become a more livable city in an urban economic sense?
1: Well, the 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 answer is this is funny because I um I actually uh, when i was a post grad in santa barbara i actually had a research assistantship where the the professor i was working for was d- uh, doing research on urban economics and and um my job was to like work out all the different costs the the different you know externalities that mm-hmm. that are generated in a in a city and and to generate and to like come up with like special taxes that would just be equal to like the people have to pay that'd be just equal to the cost they're imposing on everyone else in the city. And the list of the taxes you would have to like sort out and estimate and, and add up, it was incredibly complicated, right? Like this is the day this is the, the the day that I realized, oh, this actually just needs urban planning. like we need to come together whatever, as a city and talk about this. How do we want our city to look 20 years from now? Yeah. And the Resource Management Act is, has made us, has sort of forced us to do that, which, which is probably a good way to do it. Um, the, and honestly, we could probably do more of it. it Dunedin is, is maybe more sprawled out than it needs to be. And it's going to grow outward if we don't maybe do more to increase density. I don't know. We'll see how the second generation plan uh, goes for us. That was a Radio one
0: 91FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.